You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Welcome. Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. I'm the show pony, Dr Joseph Toscano. And the draft horse is the world's greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth. Now, oh, Ke- yeah. I'm fine, Kelly. I just cannot... We got through the start of the show without any hiccups, unlike last week when I yeah, stuffed up the phone call. You didn't stuff it up. You stuffed it up. That's right. I remember I always stuff things that's up. That's right. That's, that's my role because yeah. I'm a show pony. I, I just, that's right. It just, you know, it's like water. just rolls off me. <laughs> you, you would have got angry, upset. No, I don't get angry. I've seen you angry, Kelly. Oh, I don't think you have. Oh. You, you think that's angry. <laughs> Look, I don't know. How you find these extraordinary people for me to chat I've with? I've got there on my radar all these interesting people. Yeah, I think I've yeah. got to have that person on the show. Yeah, people say, oh, Joe, all that research you do. Well, look, <laughs> this is the way the show works. Kelly does the work. She finds the victim. I'm sorry, the guest. <laughs> I used the word victim. <laughs> and uh, she grooms them, right? <laughs> she tells them that I'm a bastard, right? And then they come into the studio and they're surprised at how pleasant i can be (laughs) now we have somebody in the studio that i have not seen for a number of years Mm -hmm. but her glasses have not changed (laughs) how are you lottie stein i am at the end of a working day so i'm a bit fried (laughs) you're a working girl and a wage slave yeah. What do you do these days? Like, I used to be a, used to be here at 3CR. You're an ornament at the station. I know, I know. Actually, I work with um, uh, someone you interviewed a few weeks ago. Oh, no. Daniel Waters. Look, they're all <laughs> just, the, they just come in and they come out, yeah. you know. <laughs> Kelly More lines information, them up. please. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still rallying against... The systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember how many years ago were you sit at the front desk here at 3CR? Oh, it'll be coming up on 25 later this year. Have I been here that long? Longer. 25 years ago. Yeah, nine, yeah, late, late-ish 1998. Yeah, I remember that was the, that was the really last bad... Last century. Yeah, last century. Last century. 
it was a really bad period when I was dateless, you know, and desperate. And yeah. I used to walk in to do the Anarchist World this week and you'd rush up and do all the technical stuff. Yeah, Unbelievable. When Michael didn't... Uh, Michael Smith. It, yeah, yeah, when Michael Smith kind of... <laughs> wasn't up to it. Up to it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Michael was a co-host for a while. Yes. Great human being. Yes. Now, Lottie, we're going to start at the very, very, very beginning. What year were you born? Uh, 1977. 77. Mm. What does that make you? A late boomer or something? Yeah. Gen X. Gen X. Gen X. Oh, no wonder you wear those glasses. Yeah. Gen X. Gen X. And uh, where were I we... might as well be a boomer. I reckon. Because, yeah. Gen, Gen X. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You're my type of person, you know, hedonistic. <laughs> you like life. You, you destroy the planet, you destroy the young people's future just for our own entertainment. That's the type of person you are, isn't it, Lottie? Yes. Yeah, yes. good. You're a boomer. I'm a boomer. You're one of us. I'm a boomer. <laughs> born in the wrong year. <laughs> so were you born in Melbourne or...? I was born in Melbourne. Ooh, My parents weren't, but I was. Where were they born? They were born in France mm-hmm. on um, en route to their final immigration country. Excuse me, they were in the belly of their parents before they came here. They were, no, they were actually born in Paris in P- and they oh, came out you. as um, mm. toddlers. Toddlers. Yeah. So they were, they were um, young Mercamoras then? Yes. Yeah, same. Oh, no, they, they definitely were boomers. They were definitely. Probably, no, they were young and younger than Mercamora. Yeah, they were, but I mean, it's, it's, it was the same pathway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So how did they find themselves in Paris? I know their parents brought them there, but why would, why would they go to Paris? Um, oh, well, um, my grandparents were, um, I guess, they were Jews in Poland. It's not a very good period, <laughs> no. is it? No. No. <laughs> right. And um, so, I'm just trying to remember, my dad's parents were both sent and I'm, I'm not 100% sure, mm. but they were both in concentration camps. My mum's parents, um, my grandfather was in a labour camp and my grandmother uh, ran, you know, escaped to and saw out the, the war with her sister and brother-in-law in Russia. Right. And then I guess somehow, uh, you know, when, when the war ended... Um, Ended up in Paris, waiting for a permanent place. place yeah, yeah, yeah. We we think of the refugee crisis as a modern thing, but it's always been an issue, especially after World War Two. I mean, many, many, many Jewish refugees came to Melbourne at one stage. I think mm. Melbourne was a the second highest concentration of Holocaust survivors in the world mm. after after um, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Mm. Mm. So, what was it like growing up in Melbourne in nineteen in the seven in the late seventies? Um, I know you're only two or three. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it felt um, it felt like a goal. You know, you know, when you look back with with um, with um, you know, golden rosy glasses. Yeah. But um, I, I think yeah, I think I had. I enjoyed my early childhood um, and um, 
Mm. Yeah, mm. kind of a close-knit yeah. family. You, yeah, what, do you have any pesky brothers and sisters? I do. I have a younger brother. Oh, God, yeah. No. Was he the bane of your life? No. He was really... I was the bane of his life. <laughs> what did you do to him? I I'm just fascinated. annoyed him. You know, what, you pulled his hair and pushed him and... Yeah, probably not not aggressively, but no, I would no. push him around. He's a very he's a very passive, gentle soul. <laughs> right, just <laughs> and um, I was you know just all over the place, full of energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, did you did your parents speak about what happened, or did they just Mm-mm. put it behind them and just live their life? Um, or they no, tried to put it behind. Them? Yeah, I mean, my parents um, didn't. I think don't remember, you know, they mm. remember coming over. Yeah. Um, no, they didn't. I don't remember them talking about mm. anything much. My grandparents, by the time I, I arrived, my paternal grandparents had already passed away. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, no, my, my maternal grandmother just no. storm and, yeah, my... I guess, so, yeah, I'd get bits and pieces from my grandfather, but, right. yeah, I, more as an adult, right. I think mm. I'd get bits and pieces from my right. mum. Right. And uh, what type of work did your dad do? He had a few different oh, careers. All right. Yes, now this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's making more sense as now as I'm an adult right. and um, learning more about our family <laughs> brain, brain makeup or, you know, mm. neurotypes. Um, so he, he started a law degree, mm. um, but it's like, nah. Um, so... Before I was born, I think he was a, he was a real estate agent. Um, what I remember is he um, went into business with a friend and had like a um, an IGA supermarket okay, or a couple yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Then he had a um, a, a bottleo, mm-hmm. and his last um, job was he had a, a taxi cab. Right. He had his, yeah, he had the licence and, yeah, he had a cab and, you know, had he, sh- he would share, you know, the yep. shifts. Yep. yep, so a small business person, basically. Yeah. Kind of yep. scraped a living the best way he could. Yeah, yep. yeah. And your mum? Um, she, I think, you know, this is the era of, you know, the single-income family. That's right, You yes, know, you could yes. survive on a, exactly. very well on a single-income. Very single well. It, that's why it was the golden era, yeah. and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah. no, uh, I think once she, certainly once kids were around, mm. um, but I think she worked in a Persian rug shop. Mm. Um, and, but, yeah, no, she was... Um, full-time at home Mm. um she's an artist though so i think once my brother and i were so from say the mid 80s onwards she um she started making her art again after a break when Mm. we well a break from her kind of exhibited artwork she would pour that creativity into, you know, painting pinafores right. for us or decorate, you know. Yeah. So, so what type of mediums did she use? Um, vacuum plastic in the 70s. Right. 
Um, Very trendy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, ply, big plywood sculptures um, when I was a child and she moved into digital printing once things like Photoshop and whatnot yeah. came along. Then she, you know, moved on to 3D kind of paper toll. Yeah. And then when she was in her late 60s, early 70s, did um, got some silversmithing skills and started doing kind of fine metal work and, well, yeah. So she, except she was very uh, multi-talented, as they say. She could use any medium. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what language did you speak at home when you were a little... English. English. Always English? Yeah. My my mum would speak Yiddish to my grandparents, but, yeah, not not anything. Yeah, they both parents had Aussie accents. Um, mm. My dad, I think he might have... I can't remember whether he spoke Yiddish or Russian. No, not Russian. No. It was Yiddish. Mm-hmm. So, um, were you a religious family? Not really, no. Not really, did you? you? But I was sent to a, you know, a Jewish primary school. Right. Um, Will you want to share your experiences? You said it was a golden age, so it was good. Well, no, when I got to to school, (laughs) when I got to school, yeah, no, it was, um, I think there were some really good teachers in there. Um, but, you know, I mean, the culture was, you know, very, you know, between kids, you know, the teasing was kind of excused and things like that. Um, and to be honest, not much has changed because <laughs> my mum said I want, you know, her granddaughter, my daughter, to go yeah, there yeah. and it really hasn't changed much in yeah, 40 years. And so your daughter's there. Your daughter's at the same school? Not anymore, she's not. Oh, good, all right. We will talk about that in a minute. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so did you learn much in primary school? Probably. Hmm. Um, I was a weird child. Well, obviously you've been punished for teasing your brother, obviously. <laughs> the gods have said yeah. Lottie needs to be punished. Yeah. You said you were weird. How do you mean? Would you like to explain that word? Okay, so I think I think with the with the discussions nowadays around, especially um, neurodivergency mm. and figures like um, people, adults who have who are now talking about, um, you know, autism, ADHD. Um, so it's a, a, a quirkiness. You right. don't really fit in. You're a bit alien. You have very different interests and you're very passionate about them and you will mm. just, you know, be very focused on that. Um, not quite understanding the untold social, unknown social stuff and just not getting it, full stop. Right, right. Um, and just being kind of well as a young child being pretty unaware of the difference until 
you're reminded by your peers that you are very different. Different, right. And then starting to have that self-awareness as you move 10 into 10, 11, 12, and then adolescence hits and the hormones hit and it just flips flips. everything. That must be such a strange experience. Then you start to, like, reflect on yourself and, like, almost, like, monitor your behaviour and... Yeah, yes, Yep, I went from being quite, quite like my my daughter is now, very um, enthusiastic and, you know, out, you know, not afraid to be yourself, to just very introverted. Yes, we. Goodness. That's right. We. Uh, we. What's the word? We brainwashed you into being a good citizen mm. and do what everybody else does, but you felt mm. like a square pig in a round hole. Mm. It was, yeah, it, it was not that I was ever um, identified as being no. likely autistic. I mean, we're, this is the 80s, so, yes, you know, yes. my brother was identified because he was very classically, obviously autistic. Right. But, you know, it, it was all about assimilation mm. and, yes. you know... Um, just getting rid of anything that made you seem different if you you know didn't you know communicates you know using spoken language that you know a lot of drilling was done speech therapy to yeah. get you know to get that that as your yes, yeah. communication you, you, method. You, want, you wanted to fit in the, into the norm so yeah not you but yeah. society wanted you to be yeah normal in inverted commas whatever that meant at that particular point in time yeah so you said when the hormones struck are you able to share a few stories silence uh, it's, it's there's, there's there's so much dust up here and uh in my in my brain and i can't remember where things are stored i was just very very um um And I think other, again, sort of from what I'm learning about even today, mm. particularly, um, you know, um, uh, women or trans people on the spectrum, that that transition from primary school to high school can be really, really difficult. Um, if you take away the academic transition um there's there is a shift so you know you're building up to this sort of you know you know social way of being and doing Mm. but if you've never and you don't know how to Mm. it, it it really becomes much more obvious when you hit high school so 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 what were the things in high school which you found annoying um i know we've only got about another 40 minutes yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it was hard to make friends and find you know common interests and people um um i think academically that was okay things yeah i it was yeah, I would say through high school it was a bit up and down. Yeah, yep. Um, some years were better than others. Um, but 
Look, I I would say that towards the end, and I'm sure I'm sure I was mixing with other other women who are now either realizing their own neurodivergence mm. or have neurodivergent children themselves mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. That um, yeah, I I, f- I found some people to be comfortable, comfortable around. So so was it a, was it a single sex school? Yes, I went to a um, a, a, a all girls a high school. school. Right. What was so? Hmm, that's interesting. Public, private, private, private. Yeah. No wonder your dad was working two <laughs> jobs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it got a bit difficult once you went to private school. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that easy. Yeah. Did you graduate? Yes. With honours? No. <laughs> No, I wasn't studying the right subject. I was a humanities. Well, um, you studying maths, A, maths, B, science, biology. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) That's what I mean. You said you weren't studying the right subject. So what what, what were you studying? I wasn't studying. I said I wasn't studying the right subject. So, um, Uh. you know, um, English, literature, psychology, history, Mm. legal studies. Soft subjects well no they're very hard but i was just being facetious in those days they'll be critical consider- some of them are critical thinking subjects yeah, that they're trying to yeah. wipe off everything at the moment now you're using a word or two words that some listeners especially older listeners may not be familiar with you're using the term neurodiverse as if everybody knows what yeah. that means is could you define that for me um so, I mean, the way I approach it, it's not the way everyone approaches it. No, no, the way it. you approach it, yeah. Um, so, I guess in the past, things like autism and ADHD have been medically pathologised um, and looked at as um, uh, an, as diverting from the norm. Norm, yeah. So, my approach is um, that there... It, it's natural to have different neurotypes. Um, autism is a neurotype. ADHD, you know, is a neurotype. And within that, you can be on a spectrum which is not linear. It's, you know, very much presents um, differently. Some people will have strengths and difficulties. Um, so, in terms of neurodiverse, there will be um, people who have basically different nervous systems, different ways the brain processes functions. the world, mm. yeah, and functions. So, so, so you're looking at a biological difference. Yes. All right. Yeah, it, it is. It is uh, interesting. I mean, it's the old concept of you know the village eccentric. You know that. Mm. This, you know how we incorporate in say in a smaller community well that's that's them that's what they do mm. and it was seen as something which was not the norm but it wasn't that odd you know it's just a village eccentric so you were a village eccentric yes. or a high school eccentric i guess <laughs> well, I, you, <laughs> I came. I came here, well, which wrong. is full of eccentrics. Well, I was going to come into that in a minute, but uh, in the, especially the nineties. Yeah. Now, 
we've kind of they've kind of uh, got rid of most of them these days. Lottie, you'd be surprised how straight and narrow 3CR has become. But that's a different mm. story. We'll talk about okay. that in a minute. Now, did you see that? What yes. a good producer. Yes. Kelly is. She's put up the sign. We've been talking for 30 minutes. Yep. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au, double-five on your AM dial. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au and you'll see Kelly's wonderful photographs of our guests in compromising positions. <laughs> and today we have Lottie Stein. That's right. Yeah. Well, everybody knows Lottie. We don't have to introduce her oh, again. I bet, yeah, I think. <laughs> so what did you do when you left high school? Um, I went straight to university. I did an arts degree, mm-hmm. Bachelor of Arts, and then I found myself here. How did you... What university? Uh, Monash. How did you get from Monash... Collingwood and don't, don't say you caught the bus all right <laughs> um well no I did some um uh, while I was doing my degree I did extracurriculous um things like um the uh, uh campus radio yeah. and uh, volun- uh volunteering on theatre productions as behind scene crew so lighting and sound and whatnot and three I'd sent letters to uh, radio stations say looking for internships or whatever opportunities 3CR at the time and you know for many years since probably still to this day you know uh, had a priority of training uh, women as uh, sound technicians Mm. because 3CR has a, a, a live-to-air music studio and there it was a very male-dominated industry, still is. Um, so 3CR wanted to redress that imbalance. Mm. Do you remember the first day you walked into 3CR? Vaguely. Vaguely. Anything stick in your mind about that day? Well, I met. I was meeting with Libby Jamison, oh, who yes. was the volunteer coordinator at yes, the time. Yes. Um, I think Juliet. Yes. Was. Still here. Yes. I'm trying. Was she current? Of I can't no, remember. I knowing Juliet, she'd be current affairs. Yeah. yeah. But um, and it was. I don't know. It it just it felt really good. Soon after, I met people like um, uh, Ruth Kennedy, who's. Um, doing radio in New South Wales, I think now. Michael Smith, of course. Um, Jodie Moore, who was doing Burning Vinyl at the time, with Matt Gleeson, who's still doing Burning Vinyl, I believe. Mm. So, yeah. And How old were you when you came? 21. Yes. Ready, ripe for the picking. Yeah. Very, mm. very... <laughs> Very immature. No, Lottie, you weren't immature. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was. Well, that's yeah. I was kind of a bit still very naive and behind, and it was yeah. It yeah. it was an absolute, yeah, you know, just a moment in yeah, time. Well, you were a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I, no, no, I, I remember you as a breath of fresh air because you were you were bubbly. Okay. In a positive sense, not 
in a negative. It was just your natural personality came through. You may not sure. think, but to me, that's the, that okay. was Lottie. You'd, you'd walk in to 3CR in the 90s, Lottie would be at the front desk, yeah. and you'd go, wow, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. It's not like sometimes you walk in and there's somebody at the front desk and they go, mm. No, that never happens. Bullshit. <laughs> I can tell you it happens. We have people at the front desk who don't want to be They're at the front desk. They're just not happy to see you. That's why. Yeah, but Lottie was. She was strange. That's why she's neurodiverse. She was happy to see me. No, no. I, I, I don't think we ever had a – we never had a crossword or anything. No. No. No, it was – it was, it was uh, yeah. And you were very meticulous and – hard working and you used to concentrate on the specific task you, you were on. I remember all those things. Yeah. There you go. There you Good are. to know. Yeah, I'm yeah. chaos incarnate now. Are you? <laughs> yes. well, well, what's happened? What's happened to this meticulous hard working? Well, I'm a single working mother. <laughs> Excuse me. When did all this happen? I don't know. How old's my daughter now? <laughs> Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. Oh, so seven years ago. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to inquire. I shouldn't. It's not, not good. So obviously, if you're a single working mother, mm. it's tough. Yes. How is it tough? Um. There's a lot you need to keep in balance, and there's not enough time, energy. Um, in the in in your life to attend to everything that society and everyone expects you to, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, it's and you spend a lot. Well, particularly um, because uh, I guess my my daughter, you know, has has her accreditation now in autism and ADHD. Right. Um, doing a lot of education and advocacy around her uh, her what specific needs? Yeah, mm. and bringing it to making it more around what is good for her than assimilation. Right. Mm. So you're. You're actually accepting your daughter for who she is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Compared to what you went through. True. Well, I didn't know at the time. Mm. No. Things have changed. In retrospect, I'm looking back Mm. at my history and going, I'm not. I'm not. You know, oversensitive, overdramatic, all of the kind of words that they use to describe you, and you know, just a weird child. Mm. Your, you know, my nervous system and brain works in a certain way and um, had I known how to um, how to make it easier for me to interact in in certain environments that can be quite taxing and hostile Mm. to my you know sensory processing and nervous system and all of that I probably but you know that wasn't really known. No, um, no. The and the female scientist in the twenties who who first made the link of the the sensory aspect of autism. Um, I guess because she was a woman, her her um, 
her uh, research was buried. That's um, right, I remember that, yep. Yeah, yep. so, but, you know, in terms of where we are today, um, you know, my daughter's come along at, at a quite a good time for for neuroaffirming approaches mm. for, you know, really, you know, qu- not just for... Um, not just for neurodivergent, diverse um, children, but for any child that society looks at and goes, we need to use a behaviourist approach yes. to these kids. Mm. You know, the whole, everyone's saying tough love or take away things so that they will comply with what you want them to do. There's a lot more voices out there to say... Actually, kids will, and this is kind of paraphrasing Ross Green. Kids will mm. do better um, if no, sorry, kid. It, sorry. <laughs> God's gone. But if kid, if kids can do better, they will. They will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because look, there are many models. Yeah, it's not as if there's a universal yeah. uh, way of approaching yeah. uh, approaching um, neurodiversity. Yeah. There are many models. Yes, but obviously, you've taken a more what I think is a more biological yes. model. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of not wanting to uh, have medical intervention unless it assists yeah. your daughter in coming out more. Yeah. 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 And and that's the thing. She mm. um, to be able to manage a traditional model of school because yeah. I can't get her into a model of school that I think will suit her um her approach better mm. she's on medication yes she's on antidepressant medication at seven mm. yeah which is a shock but mm. it has it's made it easier for her to to not have to just be managing the overwhelm all the time mm. and be able to enjoy um enjoy her life um and what she what she's interested in rather yeah. than just constantly just recovering that's right recovery. yeah i think i think a lot of people have got this negativity towards medication they say no blanket no and obviously most of us are here because of medication i'm here because of medication mm. i nearly died at the age of nine and um, mm. unfortunately i didn't as yeah. far as some people are concerned but yeah. <laughs> well yeah. that's what i'm saying is yeah you know it's horses for courses yeah so how difficult is it for a single working mother in terms of accommodation, finding a suitable accommodation for you and your daughter? I'm lucky. I have I have a stable accommodation. Um, it's, you know, ev- anything's precarious. You know, I don't have, you know, the, and particularly women and, and, you know, particularly marginalised people, don't have the you know those strutting support structures like super um, that are supposed to be there mm. you know to help you through you know you know old age yep. um, but yeah it is it, yeah I, I feel the precariousness of it I, fi- I feel the that if I have a downturn in health that could you know, push things over the edge, you know, in being able to, you know, provide that stability for, mm. you know, 
for my daughter. And how about um, social security support services? Have they been much use to you? No. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, that's, what I, that's why I asked. No. Um, no, I think systems, systems are hard. Systems are very hard work. Um, and to access that support, you really do have to jump through a lot of hoops, which, to be honest, it's just, it's, it can be really difficult. And because I'm sort of got my eye on so many things and trying to manage so many things at the moment, I would slip up. Yep. And we, we all know what the robo-debt and, you know, what... Stuff, yeah. what yeah. Were you caught up in that? In no, moment? no, no. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't... I Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. Now, our guest is having a drink of water. Apologies. Kelly, the world... No, you don't have to apologise because Kelly turned off your microphone, so I didn't hear you <laughs> guggle down that water. Yep. That's why she's the world's greatest producer. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think... The other thing that has been interesting recently um, is, you know, I guess the workplace. Yes. So, and well, tell us about your workplace. Okay, so I, I'm not going to be <laughs> too specific, but I work in public health. Right. And um, I guess, I guess it's like it's like with school. You either have a teacher that is there to genuinely there to want to support you and learn about you and invest in you and um, make it, you know, try and make it easier or you don't um, and it's varying degrees of don't. Um, so I kind of, I've had to push very hard for um, for uh, basic um, rights and accommodations. Right. Um, luckily, I've had, you know, coming from a very strong team, my um, colleagues have been really helpful. Right. Um, but yes, it when you're, it's. <laughs> I should. I'd love to, you know, if I could be, if I were paid for the advocacy I do, right. I would right. have. No problem. No I would problems. have no right. financial so, 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 issues so, so, whatsoever. How, how many hours are you paid for a week? 24. 24. That must be very difficult bringing up a daughter by yourself who's got, who's got you know, different needs to other a lot of other yeah. kids. She, I'm I mean, 24 hours a week. Uh, I Yes, she... While I'm a, a single parent no mm. uh, I'm not a sole parent she no. does have another parent right the less well, we I'm won't not, talk about we won't talk about we're that. not interested in that no, no. no no well I'm not and I'm sure yeah the one listener we have doesn't but it is it is a lot of um, yeah. coordination Patient. so right. the week I have her she has four appointments right. that I you know take her to so, right. um some of it interferes with school some of it doesn't mm. so on the one hand, yes, I've been accommodated in terms of my hours. Yes. Um, but I've had to, to fight for some of it. Right. Now, you said you do advocacy work. You're an advocate. No, I'm not. I'm just saying all the unpaid That's advocacy. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, You're yeah. unpaid. What type yeah. of unpaid advocacy? I do, well, you know, I guess advocating for, um, for my daughter mm. where – she is unable or is not being listened to because she's she is developing a good self awareness and knowledge of what she needs. It's mm -hmm. whether she's listened to, mm -hmm. 
and um, credited and respected on that. Um, so, um, get you know, advocating to get the right supports for her, um, things like NDIS, mm. lots of fun to, yes, <laughs> to just... I, I could see your face when you said that. I, I, and the NDIS comes into some of the work I do right. in public health um, mm. in terms of um, contributing to um, people's so, applications. So outside, you know, your daughter and, and your work obviously takes up a lot, a lot of time. Have you got any other interests? Not at the moment. Not at the moment, no. Not a lot. You're it's all dropped. Well, You're I, always welcome back here at 3CR, you yeah, know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, you loved here. I know. I, you I, walked I, in and they all said, oh, it's Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm exhausted. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of, a lot of energy um, and I, you know, I kind of rest up a lot. I try and self-preserve yeah. <laughs> as much as I can. I think a lot of people don't really understand the migrant experience when you come to this country and you've got a very small family mm. and you have don't have those extensive mm. support networks and mm. you've got to really rely on yourself. Mm. Especially when your parents are incapable or have died or have you know mm. you know moved on in their lives, mm. and uh, it's 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 a big struggle, not just for you, Lottie, but for a lot of other yeah. children and grandchildren of migrants. Yeah. You know, and that's um, I mean that's been driven by you know society and particularly yep. colonialism. You mm. know, mm. It, it really has destroyed that sense of a collective and a community. Um, you know, I yeah, the you know you're saying the fact that you're saying that you know that's what I've been deeply craving for so long, yes. trying to find it and create it. Yes, um, it's difficult. We're we're all under the pump. Yeah, we're under the pump constantly. We're all isolated mm -hmm. individuals. Yeah, we're all supposed to be competing against each other, and you mm. know, for a few crumbs that's brushed off the corporate table. Yep, and that's that's the dilemma. But You've survived and prospered. Maybe not prospered financially, <laughs> but, but, but you've prospered in terms of your understanding of yourself and your daughter and society. Yeah. Uh, so where did all that come from? Did, did uh, 3C have an impact on you? Big. <laughs> Huge. But no, it, it did. It, it, it's, you know, it is, it's, it's like home. Mm. And... Um, you know, it, it it draws a certain it draws certain types of people, and you know, it def I definitely found a lot of people. You know, I related to, and I learned. You know, you learn a lot, um, make some <laughs> huge mistakes, and just. <laughs> but you know, people are very forgiving along the way, and um, that's what I say. To, I say to people, look, if you make a mistake at three CR. It doesn't matter. We're volunteers. Mm. You know, we do what we can. I know a lot of people say, oh, you've got to be like the ABC, but we're no. not the ABC and we're not the corporate media. We're a, you know, a radical community radio station. That's what we are. Yeah. But, you know, I will always, you know, remember and hold fondly, you know, the, um, the 
having the, you know, honour of, you know, being around people like Gillian McGuinness and Lisa Belair and, you know, just absolute... And, and, and uh, Viv... Marlow, yeah. Marlow. Mm. Um, you know, mm. it just, you know, these are legends, you know, just, abs- you know, leaders, you know, real... Yeah, well, these are people who have now died, but mm. their, their legacy lingers on in terms yeah. of, of the effect they had on other people, and that's that's quite an extraordinary thing. Can you, I hear something about what programs you did here, and were you a trainer as well? Oh, yeah, I did do... Tra- <laughs> I, I did do some... Tra- I helped out with the, the mm. volunteer training. Mm. Um, did you like being a trainer? Yeah, I loved it. Mm. It was lots of fun. Did I train you by any chance? No. I don't know. How did you know about that? I didn't. I just oh, took okay. a stab. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've, yeah. I've really found since becoming a trainer that it really um, it made my, made me a better broadcaster as well. Like it sharpens mm. your skills. Yeah. You know? mm. yeah. Yeah. And I did a lot of that with with Michael Smith, and he had a really lovely um, uh, equalizing approach yes. to training. Um, and I learnt a lot from him, and you know, you know, we worked well together. We'd often co-train together. Um, yeah, um, it was yeah a wonderful part of my three C R experience. But um, yeah, I I think I worked on Mike's program as the tech let your freak flag fly that i'm really glad is still going on a saturday the the you know that's been kept Mm. kept going um i used to i think for a little bit local and live which no that's that's now uh, music matters is now in their time slot Mm. burning vinyl still on Mm. yeah 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 (laughs) so one of the one of the um Producers of, of music matters. It's not Joe M, is it? I think so. Yes. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's like a locust. He's everywhere, you know. Yeah. Um. But then I, uh, yeah, the program, um, I produced was originally it started off as Wayward Girl, Wayward Girls, Wicked Women, and then oh, I guess comes back, you mm. know, on mm. um, summer programming just as Wayward Girls. What kind of program was it? Uh, women's music focused. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and um, talk as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I've never been great at presenting because, again, now that I'm learning my brain, mm-hmm. um, my uh, my spoken communication a sentence I'll start talking and then it will just stop and my brain will start rebooting or what is it you know buffering buffering (laughs) (laughs) Um, or I'll go off on a tangent I'll forget a word no 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 not when you hear a 3CR yeah but you 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 you, as I said you're very hard working meticulous maybe it's part of being neurodiverse but I remember you would stick to a particular task okay 
Yeah. It's good to know. Well, it, it did. <laughs> now, we asked the big questions here at 3CR. Yes. What's happened to those wonderful necklaces you used to wear? I've se- oh, no, no, I've got them. I just You've got, got You didn't bring any in today. No, I didn't because... <laughs> She's wearing big glasses instead. Yeah, not at work. No, not, no, she had both. Yeah, not, not at work. <laughs> no. Like Dame Edna. No, yes. no, no Dame Edna. Lottie has, has got style. Dame Edna's got well, style? Dame Edna's got no style whatsoever. Well, I actually call my style Dame Edna Daywear. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. You know yeah. Dame Edna. No, that, those, I remember those little chunky necklaces. Yeah. Black with white dots. Did you have any of them? No. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, still. So now you've just been incorporated into society and you just wear Damien glasses and that's it? No, 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 I no. still wear them. I just wasn't, <laughs> I'm just not wearing them today. Right. Have you got any plans for the future apart from staying alive? Not really. Not really, <laughs> I no. can't. No, I mean, it's quite intense at the moment. I think once once things settle, mm. because yeah, no, they will, um, because, my, you know, my daughter was only formally diagnosed or accredited last year. Yep. She's changed schools. She's in grade two, like, just, you know, easing into a, a nice kind of trying to get to a whole... Uh, there we go. Brain's gone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yes. think, I think once once she's a bit older... You get a bit more f- free yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you're doing an extraordinary job. People don't understand how difficult it is to be a parent. Yes. It is, I agree. It's, a, it is an exceptionally tough job, and especially if you've got a child that's neurodiverse, because people just look at you and say, oh, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him, you know? Yeah. And they, and they kind of mutter around, and they just don't understand how... how all-consuming it is. It's a 24-hour mm. job, yep. constant. Yep. In many ways, you're lucky that you actually um, share the care, yeah. you know, for a former partner because that does relieve a bit of pressure. But um, and it's good to see, I've noticed lately, there's these ads that have come on uh, radio and television regarding uh, carers, you know, mm. needing to look after themselves because you're not just a wage earner and a single mother. You're also a, a carer, mm. not just in terms of a child growing up who's going to go through stages, but a child that is going to stumble through stages. So, you know, mm. it's, it's an exceptionally hard work. And no wonder you're exhausted. Apart from sleep, do you have any hobbies? Or uh, not so much <laughs> Listening to 3CR? I don't, you know. No, I, no. At the moment, the only... My comfort mm. is existential horror. Existential so I, I'll, horror. I'll, I'll, you know, I can't. I, I, I struggle to read a book, but you know, I'll happily, you know, uh, go through, you know, some Junji Ito volumes of of Japanese existential horror. horror. Uh-huh. Um, no, I do. I knit and I crochet yeah, and yeah. and make things. You don't, you, don't that wa- way. you don't watch things like the cars that ate Paris, that type of existential <laughs> horror. I do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> the zombie, the zombie yeah. apocalypse, all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because it's... they're totally mindless, and that's the great thing about them. Yeah. You don't have to think. The to- what is it? The killer tomatoes. The 
Ever seen the Killer Tomatoes? I think so. Yeah, yeah, the world's worst movie. These giant tomatoes. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's well, nice. And I, I, I do have a partner, and um, mm. yeah. So you know, we will. Both of you will. Yeah, I'm just, and the other thing is, I'm out of practice because of you know, come, you know, the two years that we couldn't go anywhere, do anything. Oh, we were locked right. inside. So, yeah. So, but so, do you have you know. arguments with your partner during that period? No, no, no. You, you just both watched the horror films, and that was it. Look, I think we're well matched. We are. <laughs> we both we both have a similar outlook, and we're both very, pretty calm. Right. And um, yeah. That's that's really good yeah. that you've actually found a partner that um, things are going well. Yes. Yeah, I think I think your life's much better than you think it is. It is, but yeah. we're both we're both exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but, well, no, I that's mean, reality. Yes, you yes know. yeah. yeah but well. no, no, I mean, it's you know, um, I, I don't doubt my um, you know parenting you know role will evolve and change, and mm. you know, my daughter's mm. you know she's a joy, but she you know she needs. Her parents a lot, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's that you know intense attachment she needs at the moment. Yeah, I think um, parents who don't have children that are neurodiverse or have got physical disabilities don't understand that. You know, when you're a parent, you're able to feel child. You go through there's milestones. Mm. And if you're in that type of situation, there aren't milestones. And sometimes it's a lifelong um, thing that you have to do with that child as they grow into adults. And and then you you get concerned because as you grow older, you're worried what's going to happen to them and there's all these things, you know. She'll find a way. Mm. I just know the traditional way is not going to be the way. Mm. Um, She's very, very... Like, I think I've noticed... And because I work with other people who are ADHD, they've got amazing vision. Oh, yep, amazing vision. She's got vision and she's detailed. So I think, you know, she'll find her way of doing things mm. and she will find what she wants to do and we'll make it happen. So I'm not, I'm not worried about her. Well, Lottie, this is my 46th year here at 3CR. Some wow. people move on in life like you have. Others are stuck here for all eternity. This is my purgatory. But the important thing is that I still remember you. You're a wonderful addition to 3CR. Thank you. You've made huge contributions here. You're loved by everybody. And we wish you and your daughter and your partner and the people in your life all the best for the future. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Lottie. Thank you, Kelly.
stay locked to 3CR. The Commons Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Become a subscriber and support Radical Radio. Call 03-9419-8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.